This is the Sports Psychology Hour with Dr. Andrew Jacobs. I cannot express the gratitude what my son came and visited you. Dr. Jacobs has been in practice for 39 years as a sports psychologist. I have seen a change in youth sports in the last 10, 15 years. I've talked about it a lot on this show. The Sports Psychology Hour. The best advice on the radio each and every week. Failure and losing and screwing up is something that happens in life. It happens in sports. And I think we have to teach kids how to do that more effectively. This is where sports talk gets real. That word playing, it's gone from our society in a lot of ways with kids. And now here's your host, Dr. Andrew Jacobs. Good morning, everyone. I am sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs, and welcome to the Sports Psychology Hour from our flagship station, Sports Radio 810 WHB in Kansas City. I'm here every week talking about the world of sports psychology with you. I'm very fortunate to be able to have this opportunity to talk with you every Sunday, and our shows are rebroadcast around the country throughout the week. They're podcasted and um, actually listened to all over the place. I get, I've had emails this week from Estonia. Ireland and South Africa from people who listen to these podcasts. So it's pretty amazing the things that, that I hear on this show. And um, I want to thank everyone for listening. And, you know, I've been here for 19 years here at Sports Radio 810 WHB. I'm going to be starting my 30th year on radio in January. And I want to announce that my first show in January, I'm going to be bringing on a guest. His name's Alan Mayer. Alan Mayer is one of the greatest goalkeepers ever play soccer in this country good friend he played for the Kansas City Comets back in the 80s and in my very first radio show January 1992 back on KNBZ the Mental Power Hour Alan was my first guest so Alan's going to come back on talk about his career talk about sports talk about what he's learned how it's changed in the last 30 years and just just the role an athlete plays and and you know that's what we're going to get into today because there's some interesting things that have happened in the world of sports this week before we get going, I want to say a couple of things. First of all, I hope everyone's staying safe, being smart. You know, we're, we're in a crisis in this country with this pandemic, and I'd be remiss if I didn't just say to everyone, I hope you're taking care of yourself, you're, you know, doing the things we're, we're asked to do with, the, with wearing masks, social distancing, washing your hands, being smart about things. And it's, <clears throat> I know I do it every day, constantly. I wear a mask in my office when I see clients in person, and I just think it's the right thing to do. And... I do want to start off the show today. You know, friendship is important. And we all have friends. We all know people we've, we've had treasured relationships with. And today is one of my lifelong closest friends, 66th birthday. So Greg Hurd, who is maybe one of the nicest people I've ever known, one of my three best friends, happy 66th birthday to you. And I uh, hope you enjoy your day. You've now joined the world of 66-year-olds with my good friend Elizabeth. So you're at 66, 22 days older than me. Happy birthday, my friend. Sports. Life. We talk about it on this show. Today I want to get into this topic, sportsmanship. This past week, we saw just a disgusting example of behavior in Texas at a high school football game. A South Texas high school football player, his name is Emmanuel Duran, he's 18, was charged with assault causing bodily injury 
because he rushed from the sidelines and knocked a referee to the ground, gave him a concussion, knocked him out. Okay, because he was called for unsportsmanlike conduct and was kicked out of the game. So this young man, instead of accepting the fact that he screwed up, decides, screw you, ref, I'm taking you out. And he rushes from the, you've seen the video, it's all over the place. He just takes off from the sideline and levels this, this man. Levels him. Now, I want to mention one thing. They're both Hispanics because with all the, the racial things going on today, that had nothing to do with this. It was an act of immaturity, of stupidity. This guy, the referee, called the play, and this young man then runs off the sideline and levels him. He's then taken out. Now, he's been charged with assault. He is in big-time trouble. And they decided to remove the, the, the league... The school district has removed the Edinburgh High School football team from the playoffs after the assault, which I think is the right thing to do. And they, their league condemns the unsportsmanlike behavior displayed. Physical contact with a sports official is never appropriate. It's, it's, it's sickening to see someone do this. Now, we are in a time of more stress in this country than probably any of us have ever experienced. It's a difficult time with the pandemic, with all the, the negative press that's out there and politics and everything going on. There's so much negativity out there. This show is about the mental side of sports. But everything in life affects us. Behavior affects us. But when you see something like this, it's just plain flat wrong. You know, we play sports... And, and, and I ask people come in my office, why do you play sports? And you know what the main reason people tell me? To have fun. Okay? You want to win. You want to do well. You want to succeed. You want to get better. But you know what? You play sports to have fun. I work with pro athletes. Why are you playing? You know what, Doc? Because I love the game. That's what they tell me. They don't say because of the money. They, not all of them make a lot of money. A lot of them do. A lot of them don't make a lot of money. I work with a lot of not the top at each sport uh, athlete. I mean, I work with guys in the minor leagues, lower levels. They don't make a lot of money, but they play because they love it. I play sports. I've played sports my whole life because I love it. But you know what? There are rules. I have talked in this show for years about sportsmanship. It's one of the reasons I co-wrote my book, Just Let Them Play, with Pete Malone and Jeff Montgomery. Just Let Them Play, guiding parents, coaches, and athletes through sports. We talk about sportsmanship. If a young man thinks he can rush off the sidelines and level a referee, knocked him out, give him a concussion, that young man has got some serious issues. So what should happen to him? I'd like to get your thoughts. If you are a parent, if you're a referee, if you're a coach, what should happen to this young man now? Because now, see, some people I've heard have said he should be banned for life from ever playing football again. He's a high school kid. All right? Because he's a high school kid, does that mean he should be banned for life? Should he be forced to get counseling? He, he definitely. This young man's got some problems ahead of him. He's got some legal issues he's got to deal with. 
Who knows if he can afford it? However, if he was allowed to come back and play football again, in my opinion, he should be forced to be a referee for an entire season. He should go through a referee training class and be a referee and an official. And then, then see what would happen and how he changed his mind. You know, we've talked on this show for years about, as I said, the, the importance of sportsmanship, especially at youth sports games, and you have these wacko parents berating officials, going crazy, screaming and yelling, cursing, throwing stuff. You know, and they get they get ejected. And in my opinion, a parent that does that, it should not allowed to be allowed to come back unless they go through a refereeing class and become a referee and umpire. I guarantee you, when a parent does something like that and acts out inappropriately in front of kids, they then become a referee or an umpire, their perspective will change 180 degrees. All right, I'm sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs. I'm here every week, and I'd like to get your thoughts on this. I think this is an important topic, and I'd like to hear what you have to say. And if you are a sports fan, I'd like to hear from you. If you're an official, I'd like to hear from you especially. If you're a district administrator, a coach, a parent, an athlete, when someone goes ballistic like this, what should be done when sportsmanship is displayed inappropriately? What should you do? Our phone number is 913-3810-810. And this young man, should he be banned for life from ever playing football again? Should he be forced to get some counseling? Should he be forced to become a referee? Give me a call. Let's talk. This is the Sports Psychology Hour. I'm Dr. Andrew Jacobs. As a sports psychologist with 38 years of experience, I've worked with athletes, coaches, parents, and officials, assisting them at learning how to handle issues like sportsmanship, self-confidence, developing a positive, realistic attitude, and achieving maximum performance. I want more people to know about the importance of having fun, learning from failure, and that winning is about doing your best. That's why I created the Sportsmanship Foundation, a 501c3 educational organization dedicated to promoting and educating parents and athletes about the role of good sportsmanship in our development, our priority is to help bring back the fun into youth sports. If you're interested in learning more or making a donation, go to winnersunlimited.com radio. That's winnersunlimited.com radio. Doing your best, having fun, and becoming a winner. The Sportsmanship Foundation at winnersunlimited.com radio. America, your children have an amazing superpower. They can help save lives by not having playdates. That's right. By replacing get-togethers with virtual playdates and video chats, they can help slow the evil spread of germs. And if your superheroes do go outside, make sure they continue their superhero wing by staying six feet away from others to protect everyone in America land. Find out more at coronavirus.gov. A message from the CDC and the Ad Council. Let's be honest. The National Symphony may not be in his future, but he wanted to try violin. So you said yes because you love him. And if you love him that much, love him enough to make sure he's buckled up and in the back seat. Find out more about keeping your kids safe in your vehicle at nhtsa.gov slash the right seat. Show them you love them 
keep them safe. Visit NHTSA.gov slash the right seat. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Hey, Dad, how do airplanes fly? What's in this box? Can I touch this? Where does sand come from? Is this tree good for climbing? What happens if I mix these two things together? How are babies made? What does this thing do? Kids are curious about everything, including guns. Talking to them about gun safety in your home is a good first step, but you can do more. Always keep your guns locked, unloaded, and stored separately from ammunition. Storing your guns securely is the best way to prevent family fire, including unintentional shootings. For more information on safe gun storage and ways to keep your family safe, visit endfamilyfire.org. That's endfamilyfire.org. What do we keep in the attic? What's this thing called? Can I ride my bike backwards? Like I said, kids are curious. It's up to us to keep them safe. Brought to you by End Family Fire, Brady, and the Ad Council. Olivia, from Washington. Laid off and trying to keep our little kids from realizing that mommy and daddy haven't eaten in a while. Roger, from California. I'm grateful we could afford our son's surgery. I'm nervous that now we can't really afford food. Daniel from California. Choosing whether to pay the rent or pay to fix the car to get to work doesn't leave us with much at all. Now we can't even pay for meals. Donna from Louisiana. The storm just hit, and we went from donating to the food bank to needing it. Keisha from South Carolina. I've been skipping meals so my two kids can eat, but filling up on water doesn't really work. Hunger is a story we can end. End it at feedingamerica.org. Brought to you by Feeding America and the Ad Council. This is the Sports Psychology Hour. Hello again, everyone. I'm sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs. This is the Sports Psychology Hour from our flagship station, Sports Radio 810 WHB in Kansas City. I'm here every week exploring the world of sports psychology, the mental side of sports. We talk about a lot of topics on this show, and today's topic is one that I think is very important. It's about sportsmanship. In light of the Texas high school football player who leveled a referee at a playoff game this past week, this young man has now been banned. And the school has removed itself from the playoffs. And this young man's been charged with assault and uh, rushed from the sidelines after being kicked out of a game for leveling an official who called unnecessary roughness and ejected the player. So my question is this today. How should he be disciplined? What should happen? Should he be banned for life from playing? Should he be allowed to come back only after he gets counseling and, and is forced to spend a season as a referee? What happens when someone goes out of control at a sports game? especially youth sports or high school sports. How should we handle it? What's the right way? I'd love to hear from you. We have our first call in the morning. Let's see what Scott has to say. Scott, good morning. How are you? I'm doing good. Thanks for calling. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I, I agree with you uh, 100%. As far as discipline, I mean, uh, the assault charges are going to carry a pretty heavy on him first, and I believe he should face that front up. I believe part of his punishment for, for that should at least be a community service to serve as an officiating in youth league so that he can see like like you were saying earlier, with some of these parents, really just you know, I've I've seen it firsthand, and it's you know, it's 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 embarrassed me as a parent. Well, what what, child, what have I you feel. seen, Scott? What have you what have you noticed? Well, 
you know, a, a bad call in a baseball game or, you know, called my kid out, you know, my kid wasn't out and just get, you know, loud and stupid with the official and, you know, and, and, and actually seeing them ejected from the, the rest of the game. And then... uh well, we're talking here about an 18-year-old young man, right? Not a parent. Right. So what? So what? So in his case, what do you think should be done? What's your opinion? Well, I, I believe that he should. I don't believe he should be banned for life because he is 18, and, he, and you know we, we can learn lessons. Uh, to be an official for a youth league and have to be subject to that type of scrutiny and that type of uh, and have to deal with them types of parents. It'd give him an idea of what it's like to be on the field and, and have to make a, a snap decision. Yeah, we, you know, of course, we and, know nothing about we know nothing, Scott, about his upbringing or his family life or any of that type of stuff. But right, but right. Obviously, he needs some help, and this, well, this definitely is, counseling is is in line too. You know, but I think uh, you know if he was forced to, to to serve community service, not get paid to do it, not to do anything like that, he'd have to do it before he could even. Think about stepping back on a football field. Not, not just, excuse counseling. me, Scott. Not just a football field. Any athletic event, any athletic right, participation. Right, right. Yeah, because I think that will that will change him. And you know, look, we don't know anything about him, but this young man's got some issues. You don't do that, and well, and that's a great way to. Well, thank you for your call, sir. I appreciate it, and, and you stay well and take care of yourself. All right, thank you. I'd love to hear from you. Let's see what Craig has to say. Craig, good morning. How are you? Good. How are you? Good. Get your thoughts on this. I'm. Mean, I think he definitely need some counseling i mean that's first and foremost uh i mean obviously the kid i mean i'm looking i looked at some of his uh accolades i mean he's a he's a heck of a player so i mean there's no doubt about that but he definitely needs some time out i don't think he should be banned for life i mean football is such an emotional sport i mean it took me a long time to i mean i played not as angry obviously as that kid was but it takes a long time to be in that mode to play and then to turn that off and then turn that back on so i mean it took even when i was playing it took me a while to 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 know the difference so i mean maybe he just has some anger issues and 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 he you know he doesn't know how to switch on and off and it just in the middle of that game it probably just took over him and obviously it was a playoff game it was a big game i'm not condoning what he did but i mean you you felt like i'm the best player on the team i don't want to lose leave the game and his emotions just got the best of him. Yeah, I mean, if, if it, and yeah, he obviously is a talented football player because he was thinking he's the punter. He, he does play several positions, but I don't care about that. And, and from where I'm coming from, you can be, you know, it, it, look, I'm obviously here in Kansas City. Obviously, we're Chiefs fans here. You know, if Patrick Mahomes did something like that, he should be kicked out of the game and he should be fined and he should be forced to do something. I, I don't care who it is. You don't right. do something. Of course, Patrick Holmes isn't going to do that. But, you know, this young man needs some help. And, yeah, and definitely. That's, and see, yeah, excuse me. But that that's where I think, Craig, you know, he should be kicked out. He should be banned temporarily, forced to get counseling, forced to get community. Our last car said community service. I think oh, that's perfect. Yeah. But then if he's ever going to play football again, he should have to take a refereeing or umpiring class and referee and umpire. Are, yeah. are, Craig, have you been to youth sports events? Yes. Have you seen crazy parents on the sidelines, crazy coaches on the sidelines? Yes. Okay. And how does that make you feel when you're watching that? Uh, I mean, I feel bad for that that referee because one, if it's a youth game, it's not. 
in the grand perspective, is not as serious as that parent is making it out to be. You know, it's not. I mean, it, I mean, even if you're yelling at uh, NFL referee, I mean, it's not. It's just not your place to. I mean, you could be upset, but to be berating somebody like that, you know, it's just. You know, and here, yeah, and and here, and here's a good. Here's a good question. Okay, that I've I've had I've had several referees on this show before, very successful ones. Why would somebody want to be a referee or an umpire? Because here's here's yeah, you get some money for it. But let's face it, if you're refereeing or umpiring, the only time anybody notices you if you make a call that somebody doesn't like. Right? Because if you do what you're supposed to do, nobody knows you're there. That's true. <laughs> yeah, and you just get a mitigated hell for it if you do something wrong. And so it's it's an it's an interesting thing for people to do and I, i'm going to have some more referees on here in future shows to talk about this because you know what this, sh- this this could be a great life lesson for this young man i hope what happens from this is that he issues an apology to this referee the referee accepts it i hope the referee is okay first and foremost but that you, this young man gets some help because he needs it great yeah, definitely definitely needs some help yeah, thank you for your call sir you stay safe i appreciate it you too sir sportsmanship how is it displayed? How is it displayed inappropriately? I'd like to get your thoughts. In light of this football player in Texas at a high school football game who leveled a referee after being charged with unsportsmanlike conduct and getting ejected. Let's go next to Brian. Brian, good morning. How are you? I'm good. How are you, sir? Great. Thank you for your call. Get your thoughts. Um, I've umpired uh, baseball and best pitch softball all the way probably since 1990. The first thing I would say is... Well, hold, uh, uh, Brian, before you get going, we've only got a minute to go to our break. All right. So just real quick, say something. I'm going to put you on hold, and you're going to come back after our break. So what, what, what's your opinion about what happened here, real quick? Actually, I think uh, he should never play again, and charges should be pressed. I mean, you look at why umpires and referees, and nobody wants to do this stuff anymore, and these are exact reasons why. And if you sit there and you let something like this happen, you say, well, he's still going to be allowed to play. Well, what's that saying to everybody else that wants to be an umpire or referee that we're not really, you know, they're not condoning it, but they're not doing anything to deter it either. Okay, so okay, been- so let me, let me, we got to put you on hold here. we got to go a break. Okay. But stay online because I want to talk to you. I think this All is right. great. Okay, I'm sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs. Sportsmanship. Why is it not handled properly? How do we deal with it? This is the Sports Psychology Hour. I'm Dr. Andrew Jacobs. As a sports psychologist with 38 years of experience, I've worked with athletes, coaches, parents, and officials, assisting them at learning how to handle issues like sportsmanship, self-confidence, developing a positive realistic attitude, and achieving maximum performance. I want more people to know about the importance of having fun, learning from failure, and that winning is about doing your best. That's why I created the Sportsmanship Foundation, a 501c3 educational organization dedicated to promoting and educating parents and athletes about the role of good sportsmanship in our development. Our priority is to help bring back the fun into youth sports. If you're interested in learning more or making a donation, go to winnersunlimited.com slash radio. That's winnersunlimited.com slash radio. Doing your best, having fun, and becoming a winner. The Sportsmanship Foundation at winnersunlimited.com slash radio. 
One in three adults has pre-diabetes. One in three. That means it could be you, your football buddy, your football buddy, or you, your best man, your worst man, you, your dog walker, your cat jogger. While one in three adults has pre-diabetes, with early diagnosis, pre-diabetes can be reversed. Take the risk test at doihaveprediabetes.org. That's doihaveprediabetes.org. Wait, did they just say one in three adults has pre-diabetes? That's 33.33333% of adults. That means it could be me, my boss, or my boss's boss, or me, my favorite sister, or my other sister. That's seven members of my 21-person romantic book club. <gasps> Wait, the one in three could be me, my karaoke partner Carol, or ugh, my karaoke enemy Jeff. I'm going to take the risk test at doihaveprediabetes.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council and its pre-diabetes awareness partners. America, your children have an amazing superpower. They can help save lives by not having playdates. That's right. By replacing get-togethers with virtual playdates and video chats, they can help slow the evil spread of germs. And if your superheroes do go outside, make sure they continue their superhero wing by staying six feet away from others to protect everyone in America land. Find out more at coronavirus.gov. A message from the CDC and the Ad Council. Let's be honest. The National Symphony may not be in his future, but he wanted to try violin. So you said yes because you love him. And if you love him that much, love him enough to make sure he's buckled up and in the back seat. Find out more about keeping your kids safe in your vehicle at nhtsa.gov slash the right seat. Show them you love them. Keep them safe. Visit nhtsa.gov slash the right seat. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Hey, Dad, how do airplanes fly? What's in this box? Can I touch this? Where does sand come from? Is this tree good for climbing? What happens if I mix these two things together? How are babies made? What does this thing do? Kids are curious about everything, including guns. Talking to them about gun safety in your home is a good first step, but you can do more. Always keep your guns locked, unloaded, and stored separately from ammunition. Storing your guns securely is the best way to prevent family fire, including unintentional shootings. For more information on safe gun storage and ways to keep your family safe, visit endfamilyfire.org. That's endfamilyfire.org. What do we keep in the attic? What's this thing called? Can I ride my bike backwards? Like I said, kids are curious. It's up to us to keep them safe. Brought to you by N Family Fire, Brady, and the Ad Council. This is the Sports Psychology Hour. Hello again, everyone. I'm sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs. This is the Sports Psychology Hour from our flagship station, Sports Radio 810 WHB in Kansas City. Today I'm talking about sportsmanship in light of the high school football player in Texas, Emmanuel Duran, who leveled, leveled a referee after being kicked out of a game for displaying unsportsmanlike conduct and roughing the passer. After that play was over, he just full speed ran out of the field and leveled the ref, knocked him out, gave him a concussion. He's now being charged with assault. The team has been eliminated from the playoffs. And I want to get your thoughts. We're going to go back to Brian here in a moment who just called before our first break here, or last break, excuse me, and he's a referee. So I want to get your thoughts on 
what should happen to this young man? So, Brian, let's let's continue our conversation. So, you said you have refereed and umpired. Yes, sir. Uh, I've been uh, a baseball umpire since I started in 1990. Uh, went all the way up to like Amer- American Legion, doing you know like 17, 18 year old boys, and then I switched over as I got older. It just seemed a lot easier to do you know like girls' fast pitch because of time slots. You know, it wasn't as long you know a game, but you know it's it, it's kind of saddening because like in the state of Missouri, there uh, I haven't umpired in like the last couple years because of health issues, but. You know, I look at it, and you, you'll hear everybody talking that this is the exact reason why nobody wants to ref or umpire or anything. You know, we'd be having a much different conversation if that uh, kid actually put that guy in a coma or killed him. And so my thing is, look, let's we're going to make an example out of somebody. There's always got to be that first person, and I don't care who it is, but you've got to set the precedent that, look, this, this can't be tolerated. These guys are, trust me, we don't do it for because, you know, the money, because when I was doing it, you know, you don't make money. I mean, it's not worth it. You do it because you love, I love kids. I love being around kids. Hey, let's try and teach them along the way and try and work them up and stuff like that. You know, it's just, I, I, I just can't understand. I okay, let, 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 me, let me throw something out at you here and get your opinion on this, okay? Uh, a couple years ago, I was on a Facebook live stream. It's on my website, winnersunlimited.com. Uh, about Aaron Hernandez. I was asked to participate in a panel discussion. And, of course, Aaron Hernandez tragically killed himself. Um, However, Aaron Hernandez, as a high school football player in Connecticut, was the player of the year. But at age 16, his father went in for some surgery and and unexpectedly died from that surgery, which I think dramatically affected him. And he went on to play at Florida. Apparently, when he was in high school, from what what I heard from the, the research we did, there were some issues in high school, but they were swept under the rug because he was a great football player. He went on to play at Florida, and then at one point was was found with a gun in his car threatening someone. Florida, under Urban Meyer, had 28 people with criminal records on that football team. 28 players on that football team with criminal records. All right? And you know we can talk about Urban Meyer at another time in terms of that. But this young man then gets drafted by the Patriots. And I remember watching him play with Gronkowski in one of their first games. I'm like, man, this guy is a stud. Well, he then ends up killing uh, two people, is in jail, and then hangs himself, kills himself. All right. Aaron Hernandez is exactly why I do this show. People need help. I don't care how good of a football player you are, a basketball player, a baseball player, a soccer player, a golfer, tennis player. I don't care who you are. You need help. Ryan Lochte, great Olympic swimmer. He needed some help. I think he's gotten some. He's had a lot of problems. Okay, people need to get counseling. And when you have this behavior, so so I want to go back to this, Brian. So this young man is 18. He's a big kid. Okay. In my opinion, this is what I think, and then I want to get your thought. Do I think he should be banned for life? No. Here's my thought. I think he should be banned now. He, he, obviously, he's going to have criminal uh, issues to deal with here. But if he was to ever even have a chance to participate in sports again, first of all, he should get mental health counseling required. He should do community service. And if he was ever to come back, he should be forced to become a referee or an umpire for an entire season. Let me get your thoughts. Well, I would tell you, first off, I don't even think that on, on certain people like that. Here's the thing about umpiring. It's kind of like water on a duck's back. You got to hear things and you got to let things go. Now, for somebody like that that gets upset for being thrown out of the game, 
trust me, you're going to be called a lot worse than that, and things are going to be said about you. And for me, that type of personality isn't going to work well as an umpire because he's probably going to lash out or get physical with maybe a coach. See, that's the thing. When you get out there to umpire, I never, in all my years of umpiring, I never went out there to look to try and throw somebody out of a game to kick a coach out. I just went out there. I did the best of my ability. I looked apart. I dressed apart. You know, and, and that's all you can do. I mean, for the money you make, that's, you know. And so I just. Okay, hold on. How much money do you make to be an umpire? What do you, what do you okay. make, 30 bucks a game? What do you, what yeah. do you get? Yeah, thirty thirty to forty dollars a game. So so I let mean, me ask that. So hold on. So why would you do that for thirty dollars a game, knowing you're probably going to get, you know, cursed at, yelled at, and 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 and, and criticized? Because it's for me, it was all about because I have four kids, I have three daughters and a son, and it was all about look. I just I I coach my son. I coach my daughters in basketball. I coach my son in football and baseball and basketball, and I just I love being around kids. And I'm not the greatest person, but I you know. The ability to make connections with young kids and kind of, if I could teach them anything along the way. See, that's what I looked and that's where I got. I got the, you know, hey, you're an awesome umpire. Thank you for telling me this. Or, you know, I didn't have a problem saying, hey, you know, you're standing a little too close to the plate. Back up. You're going to get hit. Now they're pitching inside. So I didn't have problems, you know, just kind of, but just coaching the kids up and see. That's what I think, you know, we, we made it more like a, a business-type industry to where it's like, well, come out there and, you know, this, this, and this. And I was like, you know, to me it's all about, you're right. The number one thing is to have fun. I like, When I was umpiring and I was doing it on a regular, I had fun. And if you can have fun, because, like I said, you're definitely not doing it for the money, you got to have fun. And along the way, you, you make relationships with kids that, you know, you see years, that, you know, down the line, and you say, well, wow. Well, let me, okay, so let me, so let me, Brian, let me ask this question about this young man. So we don't know anything about him. You know, all we know is, you know, he's apparently one of the stars of the team, but he obviously did something inexcusable. But let's just, let's just say, let's just say he, you know, he has to deal with the criminal issues, obviously. And then he gets counseling, he gets some help, he apologizes for what he did, he sincerely apologizes wants to rehabilitate himself is willing to become a referee is willing to do the things needed to be done and is willing you know i mean he's a senior so obviously his high school career is over but he's willing to do all that and and shows remorse then what how would you feel about it then well i mean you know he's taking at least you know in my eyes it looked like he would be taking the steps in the right direction but let's look on the other side of the coin See, we always talk about the perpetrator, and we never talk about the victim. Like I say, what if this guy from here on out has severe, you know, headaches because of the concussions? And trust me, that stuff does happen. And this guy wants to quit umpiring because he's literally afraid. You know, uh, it's not nothing new if somebody goes through a traumatic experience, you know, or they're over-serving. I'm not trying to compare this to war or anything, but people that come home and hear fireworks, they hear noise and that brings them back. Well, what if this guy never can do what his trait was? Maybe that's all he had was an umpire or a referee or whatever it is. Now you're, you know, you're basically taking that away from him. So I understand, yeah, get him what he needs to get. And if he takes those steps, that's fine. But let's not forget about the guy he hit. Like I say, it, well, he's an old, he's an older he's an older gentleman. Look like he's probably in his forties or fifties, just from from the the video of it. And you bring up a good point. You bring up a good point. How do the victims handle that? 
Um, you know, and that that's a, that's another issue that comes into this. Um, so for both people, not just not just the, the the person who attacked him, but the person who's the victim, that's something that's that's something to be taken in, into consideration. Listen, I want to thank you, sir, for calling up. Thank you for being an umpire referee because it is a thankless job. And I want to thank you for your comments today. They've been great great points. I think a lot of people need to hear. And you stay right. safe. You too, sir. Okay, thank, thank you. you. I'm talking about sportsmanship. If you have experienced poor sportsmanship at an athletic event as a parent, as a coach, as an umpire, as an athlete, I'd love to hear from you and see how you felt about it. If you were a victim of it, how'd you react? And what should happen to this young man, this 18-year-old young man, teenage boy? How's he going to react? And what about the referee? What about him? From sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs, give me a call and let's talk. This is the Sports Psychology Hour. I'm Dr. Andrew Jacobs. As a sports psychologist with 38 years of experience, I've worked with athletes, coaches, parents, and officials, assisting them at learning how to handle issues like sportsmanship, self-confidence, developing a positive realistic attitude, and achieving maximum performance. I want more people to know about the importance of having fun, learning from failure, and that winning is about doing your best. That's why I created the Sportsmanship Foundation, a 501c3 educational organization dedicated to promoting and educating parents and athletes about the role of good sportsmanship in our development. Our priority is to help bring back the fun into youth sports. If you're interested in learning more or making a donation, go to winnersunlimited.com radio. That's winnersunlimited.com radio. Doing your best, having fun, and becoming a winner. The Sportsmanship Foundation at winnersunlimited.com radio. One in three adults has pre-diabetes. One in three. That means it could be you, your football buddy, your football buddy, or you, your best man, your worst man, you, your dog walker, your cat jogger. While one in three adults has pre-diabetes, with early diagnosis, pre-diabetes can be reversed. Take the risk test at doihaveprediabetes.org. That's doihaveprediabetes.org. Wait, did they just say one in three adults has prediabetes? That's 33.33333% of adults. That means it could be me, my boss, or my boss's boss, or me, my favorite sister, or my other sister. That's seven members of my 21-person romantic book club. (gasps) Wait, the one in three could be me, my karaoke partner Carol, or my karaoke enemy Jeff. I'm going to take the risk test at doihaveprediabetes.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council and its pre-diabetes awareness partners. Hey, Dad, how do airplanes fly? What's in this box? Can I touch this? Where does sand come from? Is this tree good for climbing? What happens if I mix these two things together? How are babies made? What does this thing do? Kids are curious about everything, including guns. Talking to them about gun safety in your home is a good first step, but you can do more. Always keep your guns locked, unloaded, and stored separately from ammunition. Storing your guns securely is the best way to prevent family fire, including unintentional shootings. For more information on safe gun storage and ways to keep your family safe, visit endfamilyfire.org. That's endfamilyfire.org. What do we keep in the attic? What's this thing called? 
Can I ride my bike backwards? Like I said, kids are curious. It's up to us to keep them safe. Brought to you by N Family Fire, Brady, and the Ad Council. This is the Sports Psychology Hour. Good morning, everyone. I am sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs. This is the Sports Psychology Hour from our flagship station, Sports Radio 810 WHB in Kansas City. I'm here every week. Had a great show today. We've been talking about sportsmanship and plenty of time left to hear from you. If you are a referee, you're an umpire, you're an official, I'd love to hear from you about this scenario I've been talking about. In Texas, a high school football player was charged with assault after rushing the sideline from the sideline, excuse me, knocking a referee unconscious, giving him a concussion after he was kicked out of the game. The assault caused bodily injury and he's been held on $10,000 bond. Okay. And this young man has a big time issue now. He's got problems. And more than likely, this is a reflection of other things in his life. You know, as, as a psychologist... I work with people to help them try to identify things that are going on in their lives and try to overcome them and and deal with them and get better. This young man is going to have a lot of problems ahead of him. So what should be done? All right, I'd like to hear from you. Do you think he should be banned for life from ever playing sports again? He's 18. Obviously what he did was terrible. And like Brian, our last caller mentioned, how does this affect this, this referee? I mean, you know, he's got a concussion. How will this affect his life from this point on? Is he going to be okay? How will he respond? What will he say? So if you are a coach, I'd like to hear from you too. What do you do when you have an athlete that does something like this? What do you say to your team? How do you deal with this issue? I know a lot of people just, you know, they'll just say something and let it go. But do you really discuss this? Do you bring this up? I mean, first of all, this young man needs a lot of help. He needs a lot of help. He's 18. He's got his whole life ahead of him. Can he learn from this? Can he grow from this? Can he get better? Yes, he can. If he allows himself to. And hopefully they will provide the proper education and training for him to realize what he did and how bad it was. We have a wide-open phone board. I'd love to hear from you. If you're a coach, what would you say to your team when something like this happens? If you are a player, how would you deal with this? If your teammate does something like this, how would you react? How would you respond? And if you're an umpire, referee, and official, and this happens to somebody else that you're umpiring with, what do you do? then how do you feel? Are, are you going to be scared to go back out on that field? You know, some people say this young man should be banned for life. All right, he's 18. Now, his personality has been set. His persona is sort of made at this point. However, anybody can change. Anybody can learn. Anybody can grow. That's why I have said for years on this show why mental health why the psychological side of being an athlete, a coach, a referee is so important. People need to talk about things. People need to discuss things. People need to work things out. You know, if this guy was 40, 
which obviously he's not going to be playing high school football at age 40, but if he was 40 and did something like this, that's different. But he's 18. You know, can this be something that can change him for the good? My answer to that is yes. However, we don't know. You know, a lot of this depends on his family and his upbringing, the people that he's around. And what are they going to do? What, what, what is this? I'm going to follow up with this and see what they do down there. Will they kick him out of school? I mean, if he's in jail, obviously he'll be out of school. But what happens? So Blake, my producer, who does a great job on this show, by the way, I want to thank Blake for being here every week. You played football. So did you ever see something like this happen? I actually saw something like this happen uh, with a player and a coach um, in practice. So not, not, a, not you know, people's phones were run out. Nobody was recording it or anything. But it was, I mean, the police were called because uh, a player threatened the life of a coach. So what happened? How did that happen and then what happened from that? Well, it's kind of a convoluted story. And was this in college or high school? This was in college. And basically what had happened was the player who... I actually felt originally had done nothing wrong to make him angry. Um, he was getting, uh, he was on the practice squad basically. Um, he he was an out of out of state red shirt, and so he felt that he had been performing pretty well, and he was getting yelled at by um, one of the coaches, and one of the coaches kicked him off the field, for which I felt. Was was unfair. I don't think the coach uh, should have kicked him off the field at all because he hadn't done anything wrong. Kicked him off the field or out of practice, out or of, just temporarily out of, out of practice. Okay, like kicked him out of kicked him out of practice and basically told him don't come back. And this had this had happened something prior the day before. Long story short, it, it was it was kind of a convoluted situation. He came back out to practice the next day after he had been told not to. Um, he didn't didn't make any fuss about it. He just got his stuff. Got together, didn't say anything to anybody, and came out to practice, ready to practice. And, and basically, they told him, "Hey, I told you to get out of here." And and uh, you know, I thought it was just for a day. And basically, this guy who was from a different state in the middle of nowhere, Kansas, just kind of lost it. I mean, he's like, starts yelling at this at this two different coaches, really. Uh, you know, fu- you know, hit one of our the other linemen in the face who tried to hold him back. I mean, he was basically telling the coach, "Let's box right now." So it, he he had some temper issues, and he probably needed some help as well. Yeah, which was crazy because this guy was actually very level-headed and pretty quiet. So for for him to explode like he did on the field was just very out of character. Well, so what happened? Was he so he was escorted off the field? Eventually, some of the players got a hold of him, and and uh, I mean the coat the coat he. He's basically threatened the coach's life, and this coach, I mean, he broke down, and he was he was shaking. The cops were called. Um, so he nothing, was no longer on the team. He was gone. Yeah, let's just safe to say he was no longer on the team. So what happened that. to him? Couldn't tell you. Went back to California, I think. He left. Never okay. heard of him again. So, so, see, here's the issue with this. What you just described, unfortunately, happens too often. You know, somebody gets kicked out. And you're banned for three three games. You know they do something unsportsmanlike. They're kicked off the field. They're banned. See, instead of just kicking somebody out or suspending them, they should be forced to get some help to talk about what they did, to understand why they whatever they did was wrong within the confines of the rules, and then to be able to come back after they've learned from that. 
And I see, I hear all the time, well, yeah, we kicked him out, you know, uh, we kicked him out of practice. Don't come back for two days. Come back with a better attitude. Well, how do you, how do you come back with a better attitude if you don't know what you did was wrong? If you don't understand what you did was wrong? You, you may know what you did was wrong because you got kicked out of practice, but how do you know how to come back and handle things appropriately? That's part of the problem. And that's, that's where I think, you know, I, I've, I've, as I've shared, I, I've talked forever about how mental health is important. I've been on the radio 30 years starting in January, next month, 30 years I've been on the radio talking about this stuff. But this stuff goes on all the time. It happens too often, and we need to address it. And that's where, you know, sportsmanship, to me, if you play sports, should be the first thing you're talked about, first thing you're discussed, first thing you agree to. And the first thing, if you violate the rules, you're disciplined for and worked on about why it's important. I think one thing that, um, and you've kind of touched on it, but I think one of the things that that isn't talked about as much in sports, but it has kind of been a topic with the NFL, is how to control players' emotions when you do play such a violent sport. How to be able to kind of juggle the emotion of turning it on on the field, but then quickly being able to realize how to and when to turn that off. And that's where the word, Blake, balance comes in, okay, how you learn to balance things out. And that's where, and a lot of this, and because I, I work with so many coaches, helping coaches understand that as well is so important. And, and that's where educating them, is, is, you know, it, it, it comes back to communication, comes back to discussion, comes back to talking and listening. And that's why I say a good coach is a good psychologist, a bad coach needs to support psychologist. So good coaches need to understand their athletes. And look, we all screw up. We all make mistakes. We all do things we, we regret. But do you learn from it? Do you grow from it? Do you get better? I'm sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs. Hope you enjoyed the show. Our shows are podcasted here at Sports Radio at 10 WHB. They're podcasted on my website, winnersunlimited.com. They're also podcasted on SoundCloud, Apple iTunes, Spotify, all over the place. Encourage people to listen to this show especially. If you know a coach, a player who has lost control of their behavior, who's done something they shouldn't do, get them to listen to this. Hopefully they'll pick something up. There are a lot of ways you can reach me. My email is drj at winnersunlimited.com. That's W-I-N-N-E-R-S unlimited.com. My office number is 816-561-5556. Stay well, stay safe. Please take care of yourself. Do the social distancing, wear your mask, and talk to you next week. You've been listening to the Sports Psychology Hour. For more information, go to winnersunlimited.com. I'm Dr. Andrew Jacobs. As a sports psychologist with 38 years of experience, I've worked with athletes, coaches, parents, and officials, assisting them at learning how to handle issues like sportsmanship, self-confidence, developing a positive realistic attitude, and achieving maximum performance. I want more people to know about the importance of having fun, learning from failure, and that winning is about doing your best. That's why I created the Sportsmanship Foundation, a 501c3 educational organization dedicated to promoting and educating parents and athletes about the role of good sportsmanship in our development. Our priority is to help bring back the fun into youth sports. If you're interested in learning more or making a donation, go to winnersunlimited.com slash radio. That's winnersunlimited.com slash radio. Doing your best, having fun, and becoming a winner. The Sportsmanship Foundation at winnersunlimited.com slash radio.
Olivia, from Washington. Laid off and trying to keep our little kids from realizing that mommy and daddy haven't eaten in a while. Roger, from California. I'm grateful we could afford our son's surgery. I'm nervous that now we can't really afford food. Daniel, from California. Choosing whether to pay the rent or pay to fix the car to get to work doesn't leave us with much at all. Now we can't even pay for meals. Donna from Louisiana. The storm just hit, and we went from donating to the food bank to needing it. Keisha from South Carolina. I've been skipping meals so my two kids can eat, but filling up on water doesn't really work. Hunger is a story we can end. End it at feedingamerica.org. Brought to you by Feeding America and the Ad Council. Hey, Dad, how do airplanes fly? What's in this box? Can I touch this? Where does sand come from? Is this tree good for climbing? What happens if I mix these two things together? How are babies made? What does this thing do? Kids are curious about everything, including guns. Talking to them about gun safety in your home is a good first step, but you can do more. Always keep your guns locked, unloaded, and stored separately from ammunition. Storing your guns securely is the best way to prevent family fire, including unintentional shootings. For more information on safe gun storage and ways to keep your family safe, visit endfamilyfire.org. That's endfamilyfire.org. What do we keep in the attic? What's this thing called? Can I ride my bike backwards? Like I said, kids are curious. It's up to us to keep them safe. Brought to you by N Family Fire, Brady, and the Ad Council.